We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. It is fun Friday. This is the LakersNation.com podcast, Friday edition. We're going to kick off the weekend. We're going to talk a little Lakers trades. We're going to talk uh, about the latest rumor that came out today about a three-team deal involving the Knicks and the Utah Jazz. We'll talk a little bit about LeBron's contract extension and everything else that you guys want to get into. Those of you who are joining me live, coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, Welcome. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you do subscribe over on Apple Podcasts or really wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Somebody said in the chat, Trevor survived. Yes. I look, I dodged it for what, two years? Two plus years? COVID finally hit the Lane household. And uh, yeah, I'm still dealing with the symptoms from that and everything, but feeling much better than I was just a couple of days ago. So. On the men, nowhere near 100%. Can't promise how long the show's going to go today because those energy levels, anybody who's experienced this knows, they go up and down like crazy. It's a roller coaster. But I'm here for you guys. I am back today for some fun Friday action. Appreciate you guys for joining me. I think we need to kick things off with this three-team trade situation that we've heard from Michael Scotto of Hoopsite. So to break down what this looks like, the um, – the trade talks, they're a few weeks old. Now, I think there's a reason why, though, this hasn't been done yet. I'm going to get into that. But the gist of it would be Russell Westbrook going to the Utah Jazz, the Jazz sending Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, and then you would get Patrick Beverly and one of Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, or Malik Beasley coming to the Lakers. The Lakers would also have to give them some draft capital. From the Knicks side, you'd probably have to see a salary like a Derrick Rose going out maybe Obi Toppin, something like There'd be other contracts involved. But that's the, the basic gist of it is the Knicks would wind up getting Donovan Mitchell. The Lakers get a few of the Jazz pieces. The Jazz get a bunch of draft picks in this situation. They'd be getting picks from the Lakers, getting picks from the Knicks, and that's how this would, this would run. So uh, there's some pros and cons to this deal. There's some things that I like and some things that I don't like. There's also some reasons why I think that this might have the ring of truth to it. And when you look at this trade, I think the good thing about this is, number one, you're getting back all expiring contracts. So I think that's something that's 
uh, important if we're looking at Patrick Beverly and say Bojan Bogdanovic. I think that's something that's um, that can help the Lakers with their future flexibility. But as far as the other guys coming back goes, when I look at this contract and I see and I look at, at say Patrick Beverly being a main piece coming back. Well, he can't be re-aggregated in a trade until the beginning of September because there's a 60-day period where once a player has been traded, that player can't be packaged together in a new trade for 60 days. Now, they can be traded individually, so you can do that, but the rule is 60 days. So we're talking about the beginning of September before Patrick Beverly could be could have his salary combined in a trade. Now, sometimes teams can find ways around that. They can do one trade and do a second trade that involves trading that player individually. So there's ways that you can piece things out. Sometimes teams can find that. But in the event that they couldn't, then in theory, this trade couldn't really be done until the beginning of September anyway. <clears throat> so I think that's probably part of why we haven't seen this actually get done at this point. In addition to what we've heard about the Lakers only wanting to pay one second or one first round pick and every other team pretty much asking the Lakers to give multiple first round picks. So all of those things combined, I, I understand why this deal didn't get done, at least not yet. I think it could still happen, and it's an interesting option. But I want to talk about whether or not this is even a good trade for the Lakers. We do need to get into that. Um, somebody using Sean's name said, glad you're back, Trev. Text Rob to get a rust trade done, LOL. Yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll definitely do that. <laughs> um, but this trade, when we look at the pieces coming back, let's say it's Patrick Beverly. Let's say it's Bojan Bogdanovich. I think that's the best case, right? I would rather take back Mike Conley or not take back Mike Conley, rather get Patrick Beverly. And then of the other pieces, I think the best fit is Bojan Bogdanovich. So let's say you're getting those two guys back. And let's say there's a way to loop in Cam Reddish, which is kind of out there, that maybe you could somehow figure out a way to get Cam Reddish from the Knicks in the deal too. I think that helps a lot with the overall value of the trade because here's my main problem with it. Let's say you do have to give up picks. Right? Let's say you've got to give up two first-round picks. So I know for me, for most Lakers fans, what I've heard is, hey, we're only doing two firsts if it's for Kyrie. Any of these other deals, eh, I don't know about giving up two firsts for. I think it's perfectly reasonable. But if you're the Lakers and you're going to give up any kind of future capital, the problem with getting Patrick Beverly and Bojan Bogdanovic is they're older. They're older. Patrick Beverly's 34. Bogdanovic is 33. So what's going to happen next season? The season after that, I know we're looking at it as, hey, they've got LeBron, next season doesn't matter, F them picks, all that kind of stuff. But when you look at what the Lakers are giving up in terms of future compensation, wouldn't you want to have some guys who could conceivably be part of the long-term future of the franchise in the deal? You'd want to give back some guys where you can say, you know what, though? If this guy, if everything works great, this guy could be a Laker for five more years, right? That's, that's all you're looking for. I don't think that exists in this deal. That's that's a problem for me. That's a problem for me. Unless you're getting back Cam Reddish. If you're not getting back Cam Reddish, you're getting Patrick Beverly, who's 34. His contract expires after this year. What happens to him after that? I don't know. I don't know. And the thing is, when guys get older, what's the particularly per perimeter guys, what's the first thing that goes? It's their defense. It's the defense. It starts to slip. Patrick Beverly, 34, father time, the clock is ticking. What if this is the, the year that it drops off? If that happens, that's a lot of his effectiveness is on the defensive end of the floor. Bojan Bogdanovic, he's 33. I like him a lot. On paper, I like the fit of Patrick Beverly and Bojan Bogdanovic better than 
the fit of Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. I think that in terms of skill set, you're getting a guy who can play the wing, who can fill it up, who can score. This team needs scoring, who can shoot the ball well from the perimeter. Patrick Beverly can shoot well from the perimeter too, who can give you that kind of defense. You don't have to worry about the skill set duplication between Miles Turner and Anthony Davis. Is Miles Turner even on the floor? In crunch time, or is it AD at the five, which is probably what the Lakers are going to do? It's going to be AD at the five in crunch time. So you add up all of that, and overall, I like the fit a little bit better if we're just talking about this season of Patrick Beverly and Bojan Bogdanovic. But Buddy Heald could be a Laker for five more years. Miles Turner could be a Laker for maybe more than that. Miles Turner is what, 26 years old? Buddy Heald's 29. These guys could be part of your long term future. You don't have that in Patrick Beverly and Bojan Bogdanovic. Even if you told me, hey, just for this season, which ones are the best fit? I think it's the Jazz package here. But you have no return. There's no future return here. There's no return on investment in terms of, let's say, let's say the Lakers want to give Miles Turner a new deal, and then two years down the road, things aren't working out well, and so you trade him for somebody else. You can do that. You're probably not going to be able to do that with Patrick Beverly because what's his value going to be? when he's 35, when he's 36, 37, probably not going to be there, right? Now, look, there's some guys who defy this whole age situation. Look, P.J. Tucker just got a ton from the, the 76ers. LeBron himself, right? He's going to be 38 years old and is still going strong. Some of these guys can be outliers. But again, you don't base your decision-making on outliers. You have to look at Patrick Beverly and Bojan Bardanovic and assume that they're not going to get better. They're not going to get better from what they are right now. In fact, they're most likely going to decline. They're going to get worse. So what does that mean for their future value to your franchise? And that's where, if I'm the Lakers, Cam Reddish has got to be part of the deal to give me some of that future upside, to give me a younger player who could potentially be a long-term fit and not just a guy who's going to come in for one year, contract expires, off you go, and you're left with nothing but cap space. I don't want to spend two future first-round picks and in the end, walk away with nothing but cap space. That is not an acceptable cost in my mind. That's where I would put the, the Indiana trade ahead of the Utah trade. Now, Cam Reddish being in, it, it can sway things a little bit. But Indiana, I think that package offers more potential to, in a pinch, get something back out of those pieces because you want to have that future flexibility than the Utah Jazz deal does. Even if for this season, I believe skill set-wise, Getting Patrick Beverly and Bojan Bogdanovic are better fits, which doesn't even speak to the broader question of, does this trade make the Lakers a contender? I think it's very, I'm very skeptical that it would make them a contender. I'd say the same thing about the, the Pacers trade. So what are we doing then? If you're not going to become a contender, is it then worth giving up both your future first? Probably not, because you know what? You need one of those other firsts to complete another move. This is not, like you go get, you go get Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris. All right. Two future firsts, fine. That team is ready to go. That team has a puncher's chance in the playoffs against anybody, right? That's that's the upside there. You give both your first, and you get Bojan Bardanovic. You get Patrick Beverly. Players I like. I like those players. But are you ready to contend for a championship? No, you probably need another move. How are you going to do that other move if you don't have that pick left? That's the problem. That's the problem. And that's not necessarily a Jazz problem. The Jazz can say, that's not our issue. That's your issue with your roster build, right? The, the Pacers can say, that's not our issue. That's not our problem. That's your problem, Lakers. Lakers don't have enough assets to make the move after this move. That's fine. 
but it's still the reality of the Lakers situation right now. So that's the big picture question the Lakers really have to ask themselves. Does this move get us to where we want to go? And maybe even more importantly, what does LeBron think? Is LeBron going to sign that extension if Patrick Beverly and Boyan Bogdanovich come on board? Or is he only going to sign it if it's Kyrie? Is he not going to sign it, period? All of these things certainly matter. Uh, Grindhard said, glad you're feeling better, Trevor. Thank you. I appreciate it. I am slowly but surely recovering. Getting there. Getting there. Um, definitely not 100%, but doing what I can. Uh, random whispering dude says with a super chat, appreciate it, said, what does your gut tell you? Is Westbrook staying or being traded? My gut tells me he's going to be traded. I just, I just can't. Look, Darvin Ham, everybody wants to run through a brick wall for him. Um, even feeling as crummy as I do right now. If he showed up and started telling me to go run laps, I'm probably doing it with gusto because he's he's just he's got that that aspect to him where you just want to do anything for the guy. But even with Darvin Ham sounding so confident, so excited about making Russell Westbrook work, I just can't see anywhere where the Lakers can look. And LeBron can look, this might be more important, where LeBron can look at last season and say, that, that's, let, let's do that again. That was the worst season in Lakers history in terms of fan experience. There is no chance that the Lakers are looking at that season and saying, let's run that back. There's no chance that the Lakers are looking at all the stuff Russ, Russ said in the exit interview and saying, yep, this is the guy that's going to bring our team together. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. I do think Darvin Ham can get better out of Russell Westbrook than Frank Vogel could. I do think that there are some things that can be done to help Russ out. I don't believe the upside is there. I don't believe the ceiling is there because the fit was always clunky from the get-go. So I think the Lakers will ultimately move Russell Westbrook. I think that's what's going to happen. And right now they're doing everything they can just to get the best deal. And teams are hoping, hoping that the pressure of LeBron's extension now being available and training camp inching closer into September, training camp, will ultimately cause the Lakers to come off of their stance and they don't want to give both first-round picks. Uh, Sonic Fighter said, Hey, Trevor, hope you're doing better. What is your confidence sitting at when it comes to Kyrie? Starting to think it's not happening uh, the way it looks. Yeah, I mean, we saw the report that just came out from Ian Bagley saying that Kyrie's you know comfortable with the Nets and everything. I think the Kyrie thing, just like, just like the Randall situation, just like the Jazz situation with those players, it's all tied to another player that's beyond the Lakers' control. And that's the problem. That's the problem. Like, until the Nets know what's going on with KD, there's not going to be a Kyrie trade. Now, I think that it would behoove the Nets, considering Kyrie's expiring, to look at a trade offer if it's there, but they don't know what to do yet with Kevin Durant. And there was the rumor that KD was going to meet with the Nets this week. Whether or not that happened, we don't know. If it did, that information hasn't leaked yet. So, we, there's no way to know what happens with Kyrie until then. Obviously, these reports that he's comfortable with the Nets are not a positive thing for the Lakers and their efforts to trade for Kyrie Irving. Now, you also look at the Jazz. They're not going to pull any major move until they know exactly what's going on with Donovan Mitchell. You look at the Knicks with the Julius Randle thing. They're not going to do anything until they know what's going on with Donovan Mitchell, who they very badly want. The only trade they could potentially do right now with things as they stand is the Pacers deal. And that's it. Now, I'm sure they've asked around to other teams. Maybe there's another team out there that we haven't heard of. That's possible. Sometimes these trades come from out of the blue. But 
I would imagine that as of right now, the only option that's truly available to do this second, if Jeannie Buss says, Rob, that's it. I need this guy gone. Trade him now. I think the only avenue is, is the Pacers. The other teams have other things that have to happen first before they're going to look at taking on Russell Westbrook in a trade. So that's the challenge with all of this. Um, as far as Kyrie goes, I'm less confident now than I was, say, a month ago that Kyrie was going to wind up with the Lakers. It felt like there was momentum progressing towards that, but everything has really stalled out. And it's really kind of killed what was going to be a very fun offseason. Uh, the Nets, Kevin Durant, and the Wolves pretty much dismantled what was going to be, I think, an exciting NBA offseason because it just ground everything to a halt. Um, the Wolves got so much for Gobert that the Nets' asking price became super high for Durant. No one else was willing to meet that. And we wound up with this giant staring contest, which has had a domino effect of slowing down the entire league. And so it's been frustrating for fans. It's been frustrating for me. It's been frustrating for all of us as we've tried to watch the situation develop. And just nobody's getting anywhere because either asking prices are too high, offers are too low. There's not that middle ground. And a lot of teams are just hesitant to do anything because they're waiting to see what happens with KD. So it's really... Um, unfortunately, put a stop to the um, the trade market. Vinny said, is Kyrie still an option? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Lakers will, until they know 100% the Nets are not trading Kyrie Irving, the Lakers are going to wait and figure out if they can get that done. If they can get that done, they're going to do that deal. That is the top of their list. It's the top of my list. I think it should be. I think the Kyrie Irving trade is your best shot at building a contending team. And I'm not even saying that Kyrie Irving is going to be his old self. I'm not saying that Kyrie Irving is still a superstar, but the ceiling, if you make that move, is simply higher than any other move. That's it. So if you can make that move, you do it, and you prioritize that ahead of all others. I think it's still an option until that is no longer an option officially, until the Nets, until the Lakers here, 100% Kyrie, he's not going anywhere this season. We are not moving him. They're going to wait. They're going to wait and see what happens there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I've got a lot of people saying that it's not the Utah Jazz trade is not a good trade. And I understand that it's not it's not exciting, right? It's not exciting when you hear Bojan Bogdanovic and Patrick Beverly, and that's your return. That's what you're having to give up future draft capital for. It's not that exciting, is it? But 
skill set wise, in terms of what the Lakers need, it fits very well. It fits what they need very well. Um, it's not as exciting as Buddy Heald. I like Bogdanovich over Buddy Heald. But it's not as exciting as, hey, Buddy Heald's going to go hit eight threes tonight, which can happen. Uh, Miles Turner, he's going to block six shots on any given night, which can happen. Miles Turner can shoot a little bit from three, which he can do. Miles Turner and AD together. No fly zone around the rim. You've got two crazy good shot blockers right there, two of the top shot blockers in the league together. How great would that be? Like, that's that, those are exciting things. You hear Patrick Beverly go, oh, well, he was annoying to Lakers fans for a while. He can occasionally shoot the three decently well, and he tries hard on the defensive end of the floor. I think he's a good player, but it's not as exciting like, hey, we got Patrick Beverly as – we got Miles Turner, right? 26-year-old, can block shots from anywhere, do all this kind of stuff, right? That's that's just more exciting, naturally. Same thing with Bogdanovich, right? He's a scorer, but is he a guy that is getting in all these highlight reels or anything like that? Usually not. Usually not. So, again, I understand why people would look at this and not be all that excited about a Utah trade, and that's part of why I look at this and say, you know what? You need Cam Reddish to be part of the package. Give something to be excited about. Give something to – the future, so they've got some sort of future return on their investment here. But in a vacuum, I think the ceiling is higher individually on Buddy Heald and Miles Turner than Bogdanovich and Patrick Beverly. I think you can make arguments either way, but I understand why people would look at the Jazz trade and just not that be that excited. I think they're great fits. I think they're great fits, but in terms of individual talent, I think the Pacers trade is probably a little bit better. So then you're kind of weighing those two things, fit versus talent. Can you get Cam Reddish into the Jazz trade? Because if you can, I think that helps. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that all works. Mama Mentality says the Jazz deal, you can re-sign them if they work and don't re-sign them if they don't work. Pacers, you're stuck with the players either way. You can see it that way. So right now, Miles Turner is on an expiring contract, just like Bogdanovich is, just like Patrick Beverly is. So you're right in a sense, like Buddy Heald is under contract for this season and next season. So he'd have another year under contract. The Pacers deal, you're probably going to have to extend Miles Turner. So you're right in that, but you also have some time to extend him. You've got some time to figure that out. If you get him on the floor and it's really not working, okay, maybe you can second guess whether or not you want to give that extension. The Jazz deal, you can resign them, but my whole point is, do you want to? Do you, do you want Patrick Beverly and how, how many years are you going to resign them for? Patrick Beverly, do you want him at 35? Do you want him at 36, 37? How far do you want to go with that? What's market value? How much are you willing to pay? Same thing with Bogdanovich. He's really good. I like him a lot for this year. Are you going to like him the same way when he's 35? Are you going to like him the same way when he's 36? That matters when we're looking at, okay, you can pay these guys or they can walk into cap space later on. That's true. And maybe the Lakers just say, you know what, we'll take the future flexibility. But to me, I want to get some pieces back that I think, at least, can be a long-term fit. And I think Miles Turner checks that box from the Pacers side. Uh, Alan, oh, this is a um, question that's uh, a little bit off topic. Uh, Alan, Trevor, what motivates you to talk slash cover sports? What's your proudest moment covering sports? And why is it your proudest moment? Um, I mean, I could talk for a long time about this. We could do a whole other show all about, you know, how I got into this and, and all that. But 
as far as what motivates me, this is just the Lakers have always been a passion of mine. Um, it's always been something that I've been, frankly, borderline obsessive with uh, and, and the NBA in general. Uh, so I just very much I I knew growing up that I wanted to make sure that whatever I did was something that I enjoyed doing and wasn't something that I did just for a paycheck. I mean, my dad had a job for a long time. It was the family business and he hated it, but it was something that, that earned a paycheck. And so he did it. But I could just tell growing up that he wasn't happy doing what he was doing. And I said, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to be happy with what I'm doing. Um, and for a while that was teaching. And ultimately things grew on the sports side of things. Things kind of took off and I, I really kind of pushed myself on, on this side. And, um, and so as far as what motivates me to do this, it's just the continued growth and the thrill of doing it and getting to talk about something that I am so, so passionate about. I would like to think that if anybody listens to our shows, watches our shows, understands that uh, I'm not an unbiased reporter here or anything like that. I'm not a neutral third party. There's a lot of people who are, you know, the professional like journalist journalists where they're removed from the story. They present everything in an unbiased way. That's not me. That's not who I am in this situation. I'm doing this because of my genuine love for the sport and love for the team. I grew up a Lakers fan, so I feel very, very uh, fortunate that I get to do this. Uh, so that's really what, what motivates me. It's just when I stop and think about how amazing it is that I get to do this and cover the team that I grew up on. Uh, my proudest moment I was also my saddest moment, um, and that was uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant. And the reason why that was my, uh, my proudest moment was because that was when, you know, we had been, we've been cultivating this, this community, right? We've been doing this where you guys have been seeing me now for years talking Lakers. We've been coming in. Some of you guys have been joining our shows for a long, long time. And you kind of develop, develop a relationship through that. And in that moment, shared experience can have a way of, of connecting all of us. And sports is, is definitely an example of that. But in that moment, as horrible as that was, and as tragic as that was, and it absolutely was, it still sits with me today, but it was so amazing seeing the way people of Lakers nation, Lakers fans came together and supported each other. How many people I saw in our chats, how many people that I saw uh, over on our Facebook page, on Twitter, wherever, mentioning what Kobe meant to them, talking about how difficult it was for them to deal with that, and how many other Lakers fans were coming in saying, hey, I'm here for you if you need anybody to talk to. People who'd never met in real life, people had never, you know, didn't have that kind of relationship, but being willing to put themselves out there in support of each other because they recognized what the other person was going through and understood what they were going through and that they needed somebody to, to lean on in that moment. So seeing that, that was, and again, that's, that's nothing about me personally or anything that I think I, I did. I was just very proud to be part of Lakers nation and part of this fan base in, in that moment. So that's what I instantly think of when I think of my, my proudest moment. All right. Dontario Moore said, Hey Trevor, I've enjoyed your content for a while now. Ah, thank you, Ontario. Uh, what could you see the Lakers do with Russ realistically? I think they will trade him. I, I think it's going to happen. I just, again, I don't think they ultimately bring him back. I feel like at the end of the day, it's going to wind up being a Pacers deal now. That's kind of the way I'm leaning. But you know what? We've been at this for six weeks now, maybe more, that we've been talking about different options here. Who knows where it really winds up? That's really just my guess. But I just... I just can't see them looking and saying, 
you know what, let's run this back. I just can't see it happening. And so I think ultimately they'll get something done and move on from Russell Westbrook. If, if they don't, it means there really was just nothing out there, nothing that wasn't a total fleecing from the other team, uh, which teams are trying to do right now with the Lakers. They're trying to fleece them. They're seeing the Lakers as weak. They're seeing them as desperate. And so they're trying to do what they can to take advantage of that. Whew. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sweating up here. I'm still dealing with being being sick and all that, but um, charging along. Uh, Big D said, what do you think about THD, Stanley Johnson, and a pick, first or second, for Gary Harris from Orlando or Doug McDermott from the Spurs? So THD, Stanley Johnson. So you're talking about about, what, $12 million or so in salary there and a first-round pick for Gary Harris. So Gary Harris is going to have some long-term salary. i got to look at Doug McDermott. Uh, Fit-wise, sure. Uh, I think you might prefer, like Doug McDermott gives you a little bit of size compared to Gary Harris, who's more of a, a two, a true two. Um, I don't hate it. It's probably not my first target because if I have my my preference would be to find a guy with a little bit more size. If you could find Gary Harris that's four inches taller, great. Um, that can defend on the wing a little bit. Otherwise, I'm probably going to hold off. I'm going to wait and see what else I can find out there to see if I can find a deal that if I'm going to give up that first round pick, I want it to be a guy that I know is going to fit long term. I'm not against either one of those guys talent-wise. I'd probably be willing to give a little bit more for Gary Harris, but it's close. Um, I just don't know if, if sacrificing the first, like either one of those guys moved the needle enough to cause you to throw in the first. And that's why I'd question that. And Gary Harris, uh, did he do an extension? I think he signed a new contract. If he signed a new contract with Orlando, then he's not eligible for, uh, for trade until I believe it's December 15th for him. If it's a new, if it was an extension, though, he would be. I'd have to go back and look. I don't recall off the top of my head whether he extended his deal or if he signed a new deal. Uh, Dwayne Porter, do the Lakers have LeBron's bird rights? Yes, uh, they do. If so, I would wait until next offseason, open up over seventy million in cap space, and build a strong roster. Dwayne, that would be great if it were ten years ago, or so, maybe even more. That used to be a thing where if you had a player's bird rights, what you could do was, so let's say LeBron, let's say his salary is $40 million, right? And that $40 million contract expires, but you've got his bird rights. So then say you've got 40 million on the books, you could go spend all of that and then use LeBron's bird rights to pay him another 40 million over the cap. That no longer works because now there's things called cap holds. So many teams were taking advantage of that loophole that now if you have a player under contract and you're going to have their bird rights, that contract expires and the NBA actually sets aside a portion of your salary cap to pay that player. So even though you look on the books and you say, oh, they've got 70 million in cap space, they don't actually, because that cap hold for LeBron, which would sit, I believe it would be about $45 million cap hold, sits there. You can't access that money. It's like when you go to a hotel and you check in and they reserve a certain amount of money on your card. They don't actually charge the card, but they hold it just in case you go party like a rock star and destroy the hotel room. That's essentially how a cap hold works. It sets aside that money on your salary cap because they know there's a chance you may wind up paying that player. Now, you can access that money by releasing your rights to that player, which means you no longer have bird rights. So if the Lakers want to have 70 million in cap space, they could release their rights to LeBron <laughs> and, uh, and then 
they would have that money to go spend, but they would no longer have bird rights on him, which means once they spent that money, their 70 million or whatever, they couldn't turn around and sign LeBron for whatever they wanted. They would lose those bird rights. So the NBA has already thought of that. They closed that loophole a while ago to make it so teams could not do that. Uh, if they decide to keep LeBron, let's say LeBron doesn't sign the extension and next off season, they don't want to give up those bird rights for him. That's fine, but they will not have access to the full, whatever it is, 65, 70 million that they would have under the salary cap, depending on what THT does. They won't have access to that, the full amount, unless they waive their right to LeBron James. Mr. Easley, is the Kyrie trader only path to a championship? No, you know what? I'd hesitate to say that because we saw it in 2019, 2020, the Lakers, we would have said, well, their best path to a championship is you get Kawhi. That was probably still true. But they found a way with the right-fitting role players and an excellent backup plan. Now, does that mean that's what's going to happen this season? No, that may just be an outlier. But that's not the only path to a championship. You've got LeBron, you've got Anthony Davis, you get some things to click. You never know what's going to happen, but you're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to have some things break your way. I will say you have a better shot at a championship if you get Kyrie. But again, you can't count out LeBron and AD if they're healthy come playoff time. Uh, Sean <clears throat> said, I think it needs to be a four for trade. Bogdanovich, Pat, and Reddish in a rust trade. And then THT and none for Buddy or just get Beasley. So, Sean, I agree. I think that's, that's what we keep coming back to when we're talking about why the Lakers only want to give up one pick. Because let's say you get Bogdanovich, Patrick Beverly, Cam Reddish. That's great. That's great. You know, like great fits. Is that enough? Is that enough to put it over the top and for you to say, yep, okay, we're ready. Let's go, NBA. Bring it. We're ready. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's a good, I think that team's better than what we currently see. I think you solidify your playoff status, but is that really what you're trying to do if, the, if you're the Lakers? If you're going to give up those future assets, is what you really want to solidify your spot in the playoffs? No, you want to be able to win a championship. You want to have that shot. You know, beyond just, hey, LeBron and AD might go nuclear, we want to make sure that we have the pieces around those guys, right? That's the Lakers' point of view here. So if you can hold on to that extra first, you don't give up two firsts, you give up a first in two seconds or whatever in the in the main trade, then maybe you can flip THT and none to get a buddy healed or, or get or somebody else, right? There's other options that are out there. Maybe you can flip some of those guys and make something else happen. But that's you don't have that flexibility if you give up both firsts in the Utah trade, say. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, Tamal Paul, can AD be healthy for a full season ever again? Can he? Sure. Sure. Why not? Has there ever been another instance of an injury-prone player suddenly getting back to prime health? Yep. Yeah, it's happened. Um, happens fairly often. Like, the, the one that comes to mind initially is Idrunas Elgowskis. Uh, if you guys remember him, there was a point where early in his career where he had foot injuries and everybody, everybody just said, oh, 
He's done foot injuries for a big man. Forget it. He's never going to be healthy. He's pretty healthy after that. Actually, he was a pretty important player for uh, for the Cavs for a number of years. So it can happen. It definitely can happen. I do look at Anthony Davis's injuries from last season and look at those as not necessarily like structural problems with Anthony Davis or that he's got some you know terrible curse hanging over him or something like that. The curse of the Pelicans. I don't know. He's both of his injuries were kind of fluke things. Guy falls into his knee. He lands on Gobert's foot. Like sometimes those things just happen when you're playing basketball. That doesn't necessarily make him injury prone. So is it possible that he has a healthy season? Sure. I mean, we saw him have a healthy season in 2020. He didn't do it since then, but that doesn't mean that it's impossible for it to happen again. He's not at an age yet where you say, you know what? Just wear and tear injuries are going to start getting to him. I think we can say LeBron's probably at that point, right? Where you're more concerned about wear and tear injuries. AD is still young enough to where it's not impossible for him, particularly if you do some things to protect him, for him to be healthy again at this point. I mean, certainly look at the the Clippers are hoping that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to be healthy this next season. You know, there's lots of players who suffer injuries and then come back and uh, and perform well and are healthy. Heck, look at Kevin Durant bounce back from an Achilles tear. Uh, Toronto. Oh, Toronto in a trade here. The Z show said Toronto, Russ, Toronto gets Russell Westbrook. I don't think they want Russell Westbrook. Lakers get OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. Uh, Banton plus first. They're not doing that. Yeah, there, there's no I mean, Masai would hang up the phone. He would block the number. There's no chance. Toronto doesn't want Russ to begin with. They're not giving up positive value assets in Gary Trent. I mean, look, if the Lakers could do that, the NBA would start an investigation to find out what kind of dirt the Lakers had on Masai and the Raptors. Yeah, because there, there's no chance that uh, the Raptors would do that deal. Uh, I'm trading. Okay. This comment says I'm trading for healed and Turner, then flipping THT for Patrick Beverly. Yeah. If you could pull that off. Sure. If there's a way to get that done, I wouldn't be opposed to that. If you could do, I, and I think, you know what, this is actually a good point. If you know you have a Patrick Beverly trade in your back pocket, like you've got it worked out with Utah. Hey, if we get this done with Indy, we're willing to give you THT uh, some seconds, something like that for Patrick Beverly's expiring contract. We're giving you a young player. We're giving you second round picks. You guys don't even want Patrick Beverly. Let's make this swap happen. And you may have to attach, I'll have to double check the salaries. I believe THT is at 10 million. Beverly's at 13-ish. Maybe you have to add a small salary. But bottom line, let's say those are the pieces. You would then maybe feel a little bit better paying Indiana a little bit more to get healed and Turner if you know you also have a Patrick Beverly trade lined up. Now, you can argue that THT, based on his upside, is worth more than Patrick Beverly. You could. You could make that argument because, again, THT's 21, Patrick Beverly's 34. You tend to not want to trade a 21-year-old for a 34-year-old. That tends to be how things work in the NBA. But Patrick Beverly would be a great fit. And look at, I mean, you're talking about potentially adding three starting players in Patrick Beverly, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. That could be your new starting five, right? Like that's that's what you're talking about. So if that's the scenario where you get Utah to bite on something like that and Indiana says, okay, we'll take back Russ in this deal, maybe that's something that works. Maybe that's something that that works and you get that done. But if I'm, if I'm the Jazz, I'd rather hold out and figure out a way to try to extract first from the Lakers. So 
I don't know that they have enough ammunition to pull both trades, but maybe if you do have the ability to get one of these deals done without one of the firsts that you're thinking, like if you can do an Indiana trade with just one first, or if you can do a jazz trade for Beverly with just seconds, it makes you a little bit more willing to do the other pieces because it increases your depth that much more to get Beverly healed and Turner than just getting one trade or the other. All right, let's see what else we've got going on here. Uh, is there any way to get Turner healed and reddish? Yeah, you'd have to loop the, the Pacers into a Knicks deal in order to get a three-team trade or do a separate trade straight up for, for Cam Reddish. Uh, if you can figure out a way to do that with the Knicks, uh, very clearly the Lakers want him. It's easier to work something in with the Jazz on a three-team trade because you know the Knicks and Jazz already want to trade with each other. The Pacers and Jazz, do they want to trade? Nah. I don't see a connection there. Maybe there is, but... So it's easier to do something with the Knicks, the Jazz, and the Lakers than it is the Pacers, the Lakers, and the Jazz. But uh, you could do a separate trade straight up for Cam Reddish. Uh, another question comes in says, you're sending Russ to Indy with two firsts, THT to San Antonio with one to two seconds, and New York in the Spider deal, Lakers get Miles, Buddy, Josh Richardson, and Reddish. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're getting all that, I would give up two firsts. I would give up two firsts for all that. I like Josh Richardson a lot. I don't know. So two firsts are going to Indy. THT goes to San Antonio. So San Antonio is giving up Josh Richardson for just THT. I don't know if they would do that. They do need another guard. San Antonio does. Uh, you're sending seconds to New York in the Mitchell deal. Look, it... However you want to get to that point, if you're getting back, if you want to add Josh, if you find a way to add Josh Richardson to the mix here, I would then be okay with giving up that second first if I'm the Lakers. Uh, can I do a poll, Jazz or Pacers deal? I would love to be able to do a poll on here. I'll put one on our YouTube channel um, after the show. That's what I'll have to do. Alan said, sorry for going off topic. No, no, no. Didn't Was not trying to criticize you or anything like that when I said off topic, just that it wasn't a Lakers trade question or anything like that. I have no problem discussing any of that. Um, in fact, I probably would get too long-winded talking about my own you know, path to, to doing this and my own passion for doing this and, and that sort of thing. So, But uh, but no, appreciate the, the question. Uh, Baba Khan said, the Buddy Heald trade is always a backup plan in case, case Kyrie doesn't work out. Kyrie's always been a great upgrade to Russ for LeBron as PG Buddy is a great shooter for the Lakers. Uh, yeah, look, I think that's been a plan B. I think Indiana, I think perhaps New York to some degree, I think Utah. I think all of these are plan Bs to a Kyrie deal. And they should be. A Kyrie trade should sit at the top. That's the top of the list. Everything else is a backup plan. That's why I'm saying that they have to know for sure that the Jazz aren't trading Kyrie before they're going to make this move, before they're going to make any other kind of move. Uh, Buddy is a great shooter for the Lakers. Yeah, look, look, Buddy can provide shooting. I like that. I, I like what Buddy can bring. I'm a little bit – I don't know if I do none THT in a first for just Buddy. I think I'd want Miles Turner in a deal, and then I'm not sure if I'm willing to give up two firsts. Depends on what else I have brewing to try to make things happen. Ben said, if we get Indy or the Nets deal done, what's your dream secondary move with the THT none package? Also, what veteran minimum buyouts you're looking for. Uh, okay, so first part of that, 
let's say you get the indie deal done or the Nets deal done. I think the dream secondary move would be something for Eric Gordon, something for Buddy Heald, something for Josh Richardson, something for another high-level role player that can give you at the very least shooting, ideally could give you some defense as well. But you're trying to find another guy who is a veteran, like Eric Gordon is probably pushing it a little bit, but not necessarily past his prime that you can plug in and potentially can be a starter for you. That's what you're looking for in a secondary move. And again, focusing on shooting because the Lakers were really lacking that. And then veteran minimum uh, buyouts. So the veteran minimum guy I'm still keeping an eye on is Dennis Schroeder. And again, I know there's a lot of bad memories there, but let's say that the Lakers, they move Russ. Maybe Kendrick Dunn has to be part of that deal. Maybe the Lakers aren't hundred percent sold. Look, none isn't even playing five on five yet that none can be that guy can be the guy that they can put all the pressure on. You're going to be the lead ball handler, all of that. Maybe they don't have that faith in none, and I can understand why. Bringing in a Dennis Schroeder for a veteran minimum, while there's been questions about personality, I think that the talent is a fit there. It would make sense. You're getting more – he's a more talented player than a veteran minimum contract typically yields. So that's something that I'd be interested in if I'm the Lakers. The buyout market – it's hard to really assess what the buyout market looks like. The buyout market will become a lot more um, transparent around January. We'll start to have a sense. Like if the Lakers, let's say the Lakers come out of the gates firing and they, they make a few moves and they're winning and they're one of the best teams in the West, they're going to be a landing spot for people on the buyout market. If the opposite happens though, and the Lakers don't look good and the Lakers are struggling and the guys don't look like they're having fun, guys aren't going to want to come to the Lakers off the buyout market. So it's hard to say who's even going to be available or if the Lakers are going to be a prime landing spot until we know what this team looks like during the season. All right, guys, I'm going to cut off Super Chats there because I'll admit I'm, I'm uh, fading pretty fast here. So I'd like to um, – we're going to wrap things up in just a minute. So no more Super Chats. I'll get through whatever is left here in the queue. And then uh, – I'm going to try to rest for a bit. My, uh, I can feel my voice going. Kendon Hall, could you see the Lakers drafting Bronny in order to keep LeBron? If they have the opportunity to do so, I could see it. Yeah. And I, I do think it makes sense for LeBron to want to go with whatever team Bronny is with. That's an opportunity you don't have very often to play with your son in the NBA. That's amazing. That's amazing. <clears throat> All right. What if the Lakers trade Russ and the 2027 first round pick and two second round picks for Heald and Turner and then trade THT for Patrick Beverly? Uh, Russ, 2027 first, two second round picks. Yeah, that's that's what the Lakers offered from what we've heard to the Pacers was a couple of seconds. And the Pacers said, nope, we want first. You got to get the Pacers to come off that. That's the That's the challenge. Uh, and then trade THT for Patrick Beverly. Yeah, if you can do that, I'm, I'm down. But again, you have to get the Pacers to be willing to take a first and a couple of seconds, which up to this point, they haven't been willing to. They've been demanding the Lakers give them two firsts. For whatever reason, there's this thought out there that no matter what happens, if the Lakers are moving Russell Westbrook off their roster, both the first round picks have to be going with him. I understand. Look, teams are looking to fleece the Lakers. That's what they're trying to do. I, we'll see who blinks. That, the other teams are betting the Lakers will blink. The Lakers are betting somebody else is going to blink. We'll find out which one happens. Uh, 
Uh, Matt said Westbrook is a three-star fluke. Five years past his projected expiration date. Any GM trading for him should be fired at this point. From what I have ascertained, there is no GM or no team that would be trading for Russell Westbrook to keep him as of this moment. Every team that would be trading for him would be trading for him to buy him out, to waive him. Uh, they would not have him actually play for their team. And then he'd be a free agent. And it would be really interesting to see where he would wind up as a free agent where he could take a better minimum somewhere in theory. But yeah, there, there isn't a team out there. That, maybe that changes. But as of this moment, we've yet to hear of any team out there that wants to trade for Russ so that they could play Russ. Mom mentality. The obvious Pacers deal, the juice of that fruit is Turner. Yep, healed zero playoff games, never been on a winning team. Don't think it's worth two firsts. Only do that trade if we can get them down to a first and second. Yeah, and Turner has his own injury issues, right? Missed a big chunk of last season with foot issues. Um, so there's, I'm not saying the, the Pacers trade is a home run. The Jazz trade isn't a home run either. But these are the options the Lakers have potentially on the table right now. And this is part of why you're waiting for the Kyrie trade, because the upside is simply higher with, with that. But I agree that you're probably hoping you're expecting big things out of miles Turner. If you do that trade, buddy healed, I think he can be just fine as a shooter for you, but he's not the centerpiece of the trade. Miles Turner would be, if it's me, if Ty Lou, see why not said if Ty Lou would have been hired as coach, I feel THT would be what Terrence Mann is right now. Does THT's jump shot come around? Like that's the key. Does THT's jump shot improve under Ty Lou? as it didn't under Vogel. Does THT still tear the ligament in the thumb of his shooting hand this past season after he spent all summer working on a shot? That's THT, it comes down, on the offensive end, it comes down to can he shoot? There's lots of other things he can work on, but on the offensive end, it's going to come down to can he shoot? That's what's going to matter. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Defensively, you know, Frank Vogel is a very good defensive head coach, but Maybe Ty Lue would be able to get more out of him. I just hesitate to say, clearly, THD would be just a significantly better player with Ty Lue. We don't know that for sure. A lot of it depends on would those skill sets develop faster under Ty Lue. Alex Amerling, I would trade Russ for Buddy and Miles Turner, flip THD for Beverly. Yeah, again, that, that makes it a little bit easier if you're able to do multiple trades. But again, your chance of doing multiple trades goes up if you're able to preserve some trade assets, which means you don't have to give up both first in your main deal. That's going to be critical. Uh, Alex, it bothers me when I hear Miles and Buddy isn't enough to win. With a healthy LeBron and AD, I like the squad a lot. Plus, we can still flip THT, uh, but I would try to keep none. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, it's not enough to win in that you look at it and you say, on paper, this is a dominant team in the Western Conference. The West is going to be very, very difficult. How high is the ceiling? If LeBron has an off not night, is Miles Turner going to take over a game? Probably not. Is Buddy Heald going to take over a game? Probably not. Could Kyrie Irving take over a game? Hell yeah. That's, that's the difference. That's the difference when we're looking at these trades. I think Miles Turner and Buddy Heald can fit very well. I think you're banking on 
the stuff that worked in 2020 in terms of just having depth, having a team that in theory on paper fits well together and can do some things. That's what you're banking on happening. I think you have more talent if you go with the Kyrie trade. And that's, that's why when I look at this and you say, is this enough to win? It's enough to win games. It's enough to make the playoffs. Is it enough to where you've got the firepower and you say, you know what? We're going to win the whole thing. I don't know if I can get there. But I'll say that the team is better than it is right now. You had those two guys. Better than it is right now. Health dependent, sure. LeBron and AD, puncher's chance in the, in the playoffs, no question. I would just feel more comfortable if they had Kyrie as well to help do some of that heavy lifting, particularly because of the fit that he provides. And I still have question marks about Miles Turner. Do you want to commit $17 plus million plus an extension to a player who's not going to play at the end of games because Anthony Davis is going to be your five down the stretch? There are other parts of the game matter too. And I'm not saying that the answer is definitely no, but it's something to consider. Do you want to commit major resources to a guy that you're probably not putting on the floor in crunch time? Uh, as far as keeping none, yeah, I think there's plenty of upside there with Kendrick Nunn. I think he's better than people remember him to be. I think there's a lot of what have you done for me lately that is diminishing how people see him. But can he be healthy? If he can, he's probably a steal on his contract. If he can't, then he's not. Are we okay with giving Miles 100? Yeah, like if you have to give Miles Turner $100 million over the next four years, that's that's a big negative in my mind towards doing an Indiana trade. And this is part of why like the Pistons didn't get that much for Jeremy Grant because nobody wanted to pay him what he was going to get on his next deal. And then Portland stepped up. So that's the challenge. What, what else, what does Miles Turner want on his next deal? That's one of the things behind the scenes that we just may not be, be privy to. Ray Perez, ready for this? Ready as I'm going to be. What if it came down to picks and they ask for HBK? Oh, hurting. Uh, you doing it for which? Your fave? Um, <laughs> besides Kyrie, he was giving me lots of different stuff to, to rest uh, with. Thank you. I appreciate that, Ray. Yeah, I'm doing everything I can to get better as, as quick as possible. Uh, if they ask for HBK, I'm probably drawing a line there. I don't think I would do it. I think Austin Reeves is incredibly valuable or will be incredibly valuable as a role player this year. I think he's multifaceted enough to where he can do a lot of things for your team. And he's the kind of guy that you're going to need moving forward. I also don't see him as a breaking point for another team. I don't see another team drawing a line in the sand and saying, this is it. We get Austin Reeves or no deal. I think there's ways you can negotiate around that. If I'm the Lakers, I would do that. I would I would negotiate around that. I would find other ways to include value without having to sacrifice Reeves. F. McIntyre said, Trevor, post-LeBron era, who do you want the Lakers to sign as a free agent in a couple of years? I mean, can we dream here? Luca, Giannis, right? I mean, uh, there's chances these guys aren't, aren't free agents. But Jason Tatum? Keith Smith would hate me forever, but Jason Tatum, right? Like any of these young players would be would be fantastic. The NBA has a lot of interesting young talent right now, and any of these, if you're able to get any of these guys once they hit free agency, um, you're feeling pretty good. And it may take building up through the draft a little bit in order to get to the point where you catch the attention of one of these guys, depending on what Anthony Davis does. Jonathan T said, "Speaking of AD, remember Steph was injury prone early. Great example." 
early in his career, but bounced back, gets nicked up here and there, but is still an all-star MVP. Yeah, that's, that's a great example. I went to Olgowskis first up for, uh, right out of the gates, but Steph Curry is the, the better example. Um, somebody who actually got a cheap contract initially because he was injury prone and that helped the Warriors in addition to an unprecedented cap spike in order to have the ability to sign Kevin Durant. But yes, Steph Curry, uh, another great example of a player who bounced back from early injuries. James Smith, THT should be traded this offseason. He can only play well when he's the first or second option. He can't be a solid role player who can play defense and shoot threes like Kuzma. Miss Kuz and KCP. Who would have, would have thought this is where we're at? For Kyle Kuzma took a ton of flack uh, from Lakers fans. And don't get me wrong. I criticized him a bit too. Uh, I tried to give him his due when it was warranted. But uh, that here we are and people are saying, man, we miss Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, look, THT, I think that it makes a lot of sense to trade him, particularly if Russ winds up staying because I don't like his fit together with Russell Westbrook. But it's also noticeable that Darvin Ham hasn't talked a lot about THT. Like, where does he fit in the rotation right now? When I go through lineups, when I'm trying to make rotations and I'm trying to project things out, I don't have a lot of THT in there because I have a hard time making him fit, making his skill set fit. So if there's a team out there that is intrigued by his upside and he does still have upside, I think if you're the Lakers, you've got to consider making the move for sure. Uh, Jorge Sandoval. Wizards come to you, say they want Porzingis off their books. Porzingis and Kuzma for Westbrook Reeves, one of the two first. Are you doing it? Again, I'm trying to negotiate around Reeves, but I wouldn't have a problem with something around Porzingis and, and Westbrook. And I'm not a huge Porzingis fan, but just to cleanse the palate, so to speak, just to freshen the air around the team and start new next season, I'd be, be interested in doing something like that. I, I think that you need to do that. I think this team needs a fresh start. And they've got a lot of new faces in. But until you really break up this trio of LeBron, AD, and Russ, I don't know that you really have that fresh of a start. So I think you got to get there. <laughs> Intel Wild, even though I have COVID right now, I've still got to say it, F the toenail clippers. You and me both, man. You and me both. We're we're both fighting through it together then, then dude. I, I'm definitely going to lay down for a little bit after this. Uh, Dario, this will be it. We'll wrap it up with this one. I would do the last trade rumor, Lakers, Knicks, and Jazz. At this point, I don't trust the Nets. Plus, you uh, all be losing is Russ and one first-round pick. Well, we don't know that it's one first. If it is one first, then yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, much, I'm much less hesitant to do this if it's one first-round pick. If it's both, that's where it becomes more of a challenge. As far as not trusting the Nets, yeah, the Lakers are going to have to have an internal drop-dead date where they're going to have to say, look, we either are okay with bringing Russ to training camp, and so we're going to stretch this out even further, or we're not. And if that's the case, look, Nets, last chance. Otherwise, we're going to trade Russ here, and this is dead for Kyrie, so let us know. And if the Nets are still him and Holland and they can't figure out life, then you got to move on. You, but as you're the Lakers, you have to decide, are you willing to bring Russ into training camp, yes or no? And if the answer is no, you act accordingly and you have to figure things out from there. All right, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much uh, for coming in here, for joining me. I need to go rest up a bit. Um, they, I got a last super chat that came in, talked about uh, the Lakers need to trade for Kyrie. Tradable role players won't cut it. The Dodgers didn't need to trade for Soto. It's a good way to look at it. I, I think the Lakers do need to get something done. And again, the preference is Kyrie is what they're still waiting on all right everybody again appreciate you guys thank you for joining me here for fun friday 
Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel and turn on those notifications. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. Fingers crossed. Hopefully we get some exciting trade news over the weekend and we can talk about that too. That'd be a lot of fun. Till then, everybody. See ya and stay safe.